date and raisin you oatmeal. did yes i did have some because because then i went and got you a bagel with mm-hmm. bacon egg and cheese on she it she didn't say all of breakfast she, <laughs> she didn't say second breakfast she, <laughs> said, she said first she breakfast she asked me about breakfast and i told her i didn't lie it no. was the truth. It was. It was. You know what? And and I be, I'm a strong believer in privacy, and that you should be able to disclose which portions of your breakfast you want to disclose. Yeah, I know. Especially since you're sitting here judging me for having two breakfasts. <laughs> breakfasts. God, that sounds terrible. Yeah, just keep giving me reasons to my judge be- you. My breakfasts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I did have two. Break fast. Oh, crap. You know what? My trainer is probably going to hear. He just started listening to the podcast. That's really bad. He's going to hear how many breakfasts you had this morning? Shit. Yeah, because yeah. it like- The he, one that started out in the right direction, which was oatmeal, and then the one that that descended into a Dunkin' Donuts uh, run? Okay. Yes. Okay. I ate a ba- It was a bagel with bacon, egg, and cheese. That's not terrible. But when you consider that it was a second breakfast, like it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> You don't need two breakfasts, Francesca. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? Oh, um, does it really? I mean, well, since we're here, I had I'd the like same to, thing. I was the I'd one like who went to, to Dunkin' Donuts you. to buy you that. I know, but you almost didn't get me anything, and I had to stop you. You were walking out the door. You were like, "I'm gonna go get some coffee," and I was like, "Oh, it'd be nice to just ask your wife if she wants something." Yeah, but your orders get so complicated. No, I just want to go. I want to get my for... coffee. You want a bagel toasted in a specific way, hold the cheese or give half a slice of that crappy American cheese they put on there. You are just like making things up. It gets complicated. And then you're like, oh, and a donut as I'm walking out the door. And then I get you the donut. Robert, if you're listening, I did not eat a donut. I swear. (laughs) Not today. I did not not eat a donut. (laughs) You didn't. You showed showed a modicum of self-restraint. And we're all very proud of you. You are so rude. Um, so what's going on with you? Oh, I'm Patrick. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get ahead of this. You did this really. Week. You sounded assertive. You sound like you believe that. I'm Francesca. This is last name basis. Oh, thank you. That was good. Good job. Um, <laughs> no, I am always impressed when you when you actually get our intro right. Because usually, are you ready? You want to do a theme song? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a theme song. All right. I want. Um, you know, I want some. I want some jazz. Can we do some jazz? Feel free to do your Billie Holiday impression. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, because it's a great impression. So, Okay, ready? Please. You and me, we've got a thing going on, <laughs> and our show needs a theme song. <laughs> so it's a last name basis. Yay! <laughs> Very nice. That was great. Thank you. There's just really no, there's nothing I can do with a Billy Holiday. <laughs> it's 2015. Like there's just not any time that I can like pull that out. You know what I mean? Like when you go on auditions and they're like, "Do you do any celebrities?" I'm like, "Well, do you know Billy Holiday?" <laughs> right, Billy Holiday. <laughs> Like, what? Can you do, like, someone that, like, is still alive? <laughs> I do an excellent Louis the Fourth. I don't know if you're... <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I, you know, thank you so much for indulging me. That was actually very nice of you. You really teed that up for me. Yeah, well, you're welcome. And it's a great impression, so I'm I'm happy to be supportive. Thank you. Um, what's been going on in your world, Patrick? Not a whole lot. Um, I, uh, I, I... I found a man wandering around our building last night. Oh yeah, you told me about yeah, that. Yeah, he had um he had 
he was completely incapable of communicating. He was old, right? He, he was, was an older. elderly gentleman. He uh, was very friendly, except he didn't speak. Uh, I don't think he could speak. He had dementia, dementia or uh, Alzheimer's or something. And it, uh, so I spent about two and a half hours in the lobby. I didn't realize sort of it was that long. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was passed out, P.S., so I didn't know this was happening at all. Yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting because I called 311 because I did want to call 911. Right. 911 supposed to be an emergency line. 311 tells me to call 911. <laughs> So I call 911 and they just keep telling me, oh, we're, we're going to send somebody, we're going to send somebody. Yeah, see, I'd be afraid to call 911 in New York. You but, know what I mean? Like the police would just show up and be like, oh, what are you doing? Let's beat you up. <laughs> like, I don't trust them. Well, it's a strange thing to call to call the cops to something like, hey, this like we need act, to be- we need help. The other thing is, too, a lot of times they're not and I don't know specifically about New York police department's policy on or or uh yeah policy for how to handle these specific situations but really you know i imagine that they'll pick them up and they don't really have much else to do with them except put them in a holding cell and wait until say the service is open it's a weekend you know they're monday through friday lots of social services organizations um and so i was worried he was just going to end up in a holding cell somewhere but i mean i i didn't know what to do with him i didn't know where he came from so what ended up happening the cops came, they took him, but while they were there, they got a call about a missing person, a missing elderly person, who fit his description. Oh, that's so yeah. good. So it was really nice. They actually uh, scooped him up and, and presumably took him right over to wherever he needed to be. That's so nice. Yeah, it was great. Babe, you were like a good Samaritan. I was. I was a, I was a good Samaritan for two and a half hours. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Good for you. Thanks. I knew I picked a winner. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> so whenever, you're, whenever your mind goes out and you're stumbling <laughs> around, I will direct you back to wherever you should be. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. I feel the I nursing feel... home where I where I left. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I was getting ready to say that I feel safer and now I don't feel so safe. I would never deposit you in a nursing home. Um, remember we used to have a segment about people saying stupid stuff on the internet? Yeah, then, yeah, we haven't had that in a while. And then I forgot about it for a while. Um, I have a really, really freaking good one. I don't know. From what you told me earlier, you've got about eight good ones. <laughs> I know. I've got a lot of good ones. I'm going to lead with my favorite one. Um, this young woman posted on Facebook, her name is Rebecca Blair Bauman. I'm going to put her all on blast. Snatch her wig. <laughs> um, she posted on Facebook about Freddie Gray having an arrest record. And the headline was something like, here's the rap sheet of the guy they're destroying Baltimore over. My God, which is which is a which is a typical white person <laughs> approach to. He was a criminal, so he deserved to die. Like, right? That's the suggestion, right? So she posts this on her Facebook, and the first comment was, "Oh, would you like would you like for us to share your arrest record?" Which is pretty like, oh snap. Um, they did post her arrest record. This girl is a freaking killer. In 2012, she was arrested for a DUI after she ran a man over and he died. And oh she, didn't, God. she did not stop. And she was underage drinking. P.S. Of course, she was arrested without incident. It was, like, included in her arrest record. Oh, my God. How poignant. I know. Like, where the hell do you get off? I was so, when I saw this on Tumblr, it had, like, 10,000 notes on it. And I was like, good. Good. You're going to go viral for your like killing someone and you have the nerve to post about somebody else's arrest record like get the fuck out of here it's that's wild it's so indicative of the double standard that yes this, this person probably posted this not actually comparing whatever freddie whatever went on was on freddie gray's rap sheet compared mm-hmm. to her own rap sheet and realizing that the harm that she caused through her actions was 
Far worse. Yeah, she actually killed someone. So go and sit down, Rebecca Blair Bowman. I'm going to just say her name over and over and over again. I want her Google results to just be going through the roof. Freaking idiot. But you know what? I'm so glad when stuff like that happens on the internet. Like, that is that is an example of a wig snatch. Yeah, and when it gets picked up and uh, and, and put out there for everyone to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Like including other people who would act like her without thinking. Yeah. Hey, this is this is not your station in life to do this. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's like having an it makes me so frustrated when people bring up that like he's had an arrest, he had an arrest record. Like that doesn't mean that someone deserves to die or lose their life. Like in this country, if you commit a crime, you get arrested. We have due process for a reason, you know? And I just thought it was so telling that in her arrest record it says arrested without incident like that was a specific phrasing on the website and it was like how interesting that when you kill somebody the police will still be nice and fair to you and arrest you and give you a chance and clearly here we are in 2015 your ass is sitting on facebook so i i doubt that she went to i don't know what happened to her but like three years later she's on facebook like judging other people so she must not have been sitting in a jail cell somewhere um unbelievable i know so ridiculous well, in uh, oh, do you want to you want to continue with the no? Go ahead. What internet you, segment. No, what do you have on your little list? Oh, I was going to say tomorrow is Mother's Day. Oh. By the time this reaches our audience, uh, Mother's Day will have been gone. Exactly, Mother's Day will be over. But still, uh, I I think we should take the time to talk about our moms. <laughs> that was good. You got you got serious. Really? Yeah, you did. Like, um, you almost had like an NPR voice. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the pinnacle in in podcast in podcast currency. Sounding like you're on NPR is do, a thing. Can you do an NPR voice for our, our Mother's Day segment? Oh my God, probably not. I have I have almost no control over my voice. Oh yeah, I don't really know. All of the women on NPR are like. Next up, we're going to talk about this thing that happened in NPRness. My name is Starly Kine. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I actually really like Starly Kind. Um, so what do you want to say about Mother's Day? That uh, it's tomorrow? That it's tomorrow. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody. Do you have any good mom stories? Oh, I mean, she was she's my mom. So yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got lots. I think I already told everyone about the time she used to keep me on a leash. No, wait, she didn't really keep you on a leash. Not keep me on a leash, but she walked me around with a leash. She did? Yeah, I told you this. I did not remember that. On this podcast, yes. Oh, that's really, I must not have Yeah, been she was, you know those, you know the, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you, just you know out. those little child leashes they have? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I just think that's really funny. Yeah, she she used those. Did and now, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, about sort of, sort of my life trajectory and how, um, you know, how I've been influenced, and I realized my mom put me on a leash. Now I put my dogs on a leash, and oh. the cycle continues. It's vicious. <laughs> it's a circle of love. No, that's very positive. I was trying to make it. In, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to make it a cycle of abuse. Yeah, you need to have a dog on a leash, though. The I dogs know. cannot walk themselves. Are you kidding me? You can't trust those little guys. Kaya, you could trust. Phil, absolutely not. Sneaky little butt. He is. Um. Well, we're not going to segue into Phil's being sneaky. Um, cause I want, do you, do you have any other like funny mom stories? Um, I cause I have a funny mom story. Go, go for it. Our mom. Um, what's the name of that movie? The Aristocrats. Oh yeah. My mom. Oh my You're talking God. about my mom. That's why I said our mom. 
Okay, but see, you understand if you say our mom and you mean it my could, mom. It could have been mine. It mom. could be your mom oh, as well. That's, that's really true. Yeah. Your mom. Um, this was like early when we were dating. I think we'd been dating for like a few months and we were having a movie night at your mom's house. Mm-hmm. And um, we rented the aristocrats. I don't know if we did it like um, on the TV rental or we actually went to the video store. I don't remember. Right. But I had heard that this movie was a funny movie. And so I was like, yeah, let's watch it. It should be funny. Okay, this is the dirtiest <laughs> movie ever, and we definitely watched it with Pat's mom, and it was so embarrassing. It was the most uncomfortable oh, it was hour and a half. Terrible. I don't think we even got through it. If you don't know what The Aristocrats is, it's a sort of documentary about one specific joke that's been called The Aristocrats. And in this joke, it's been passed around by comedians for decades, apparently. And in this joke... Uh, a, a family basically does a bunch of terrible... A vaudeville show. A vaudeville show. Does a bunch of terrible things to each other on stage. And the whole point of the joke is to get progressively more disgusting yeah. and see how long your audience will hang with you until they completely reject your crappy joke that's not going anywhere yeah, and, then and the... designed only to offend them. So it's really like the audience isn't in on it. The joke is on the audience. Right. Uh, but it gets extremely graphic. Well, that's the point of the joke is that everyone's. So basically the whole movie was interviews with different comedians telling their worst version of the aristocrats joke. And then the joke ends. You know, they say, well, we're doing this vaudeville act and then this happens and then this happens. And then they say, what do you call the joke or what do you call the act? The aristocrats. So it's kind of like you do all this disgusting stuff. When I tell you, like, I've said this before that my nickname is Prudy. It's Prudy for a reason because I swear I was beat red the entire time. And I don't even know why we kept, we kept watching it. Like, it was so vulgar. It was like sex acts and <clears throat> pooping and like vomiting. Oh, yeah. At one point, she, somebody said something about, about burning a with a curling iron. Oh my God, don't, why would you even say that? Well, we'll bleep it out. <laughs> yeah, we have to We bleep. need some bleeps. We have to We need more that. bleeps in this show. <laughs> That's one thing the show is missing, for sure, is all the bleeps. Bleep the bleeps. I love bleeps because they, because they make something even more severe than it is by not giving it to you. I guess so. So when something's bleeped out, it just raises it raises your eyebrow, and you're just like, "Oh my god, that was that was bleeped out. That Ooh. was that well, now, was really intense and and serious." Now I'm actually really excited to add some some bleeps in here. Maybe I'll just sprinkle them throughout the episode when well, we're if, not even saying. If you bleep out random words. words, completely innocuous words, people will think that you're that you're saying terrible things. Okay, try it. Just say something. I have, I have a ginormous. I have, I have an enormous. <laughs> You are dirty. <laughs> You're responding like I said something terrible. Because I'm gonna believe it. I'm an enormous. <laughs> um, I like to. I step on it frequently. It's almost impossible to find. It's almost impossible. It's just so. They're gonna big. know what I'm talking about now. Oh well, I'm gonna bleep. Oh okay. That's so. Oh, yeah, I forgot how this worked. I I created this whole thing. And we I are actually not it. being bleeped in real time. So Patrick, you have to imagine that there are bleeps happening. Here, um, so that was really uncomfortable talking to my or hanging out with my mom because my mom she wasn't actually watching it with us. She was in the kitchen, which was sort of one of those open design kitchens where you could oversee oh, the see, living room. I feel like I remember her watching it with. No, us. I remember her being us being on the couch and her being in the kitchen, just gasping over and over again. It was the most was uncomfortable terrible. thing. She just it was just her going. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was so gross. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> 
It was just, it was just. It's a really good impression. The least comfortable thing ever, and I was just gonna tough it out. You were, you were, your, every muscle in your body was tensed up. You were like a rock. Well, because I was at your house, and like your mom didn't really know me, and then I bring over this movie that's just like so foul and disgusting. I mean, it was just terrible. I didn't know what it was about. Someone told me it was funny. So uncomfortable watching things that are that are racy or include serious sex scenes around your parents no 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 i don't ever want to do that again well happy mother's day that's like great (laughs) great mother's day memory i have a good one about my mom tell me i told this on on my youtube channel but i think the story is so great when i was a senior in high school i was always a very good student but my senior year my english teacher had it out for me like he just did not like me and um I remember I turned in a paper and he lost the paper, but then he claimed that I like that the paper wasn't good enough and that I didn't do all the requirements of the paper. So I got an F on it, but he lost the paper. So like he could not provide. It was the weirdest thing. He was literally like, you failed this. You failed this research paper and I don't know where it is. So I can't prove that you failed it. And I was like, that makes no sense. I'm really upset about it. So I told my mom, my mom was so livid we went in we had a meeting with him he was incredibly rude to my mom and like talked down to her and my mom was like oh i am not the one like you know Mm -hmm. Lorna's not dealing with she won't she won't take it she was like she was like um excuse me like who are you talking to and my mom was so mad that my mom decided that she was going to come to class with me and sit in the front row of his class and make sure that he did not like give me any attitude and i remember being so embarrassed because i'm like a 17 year old in high school and i'm like mom please do not come to school with me like this is so awful that's pretty embarrassing to a 17 year old yeah okay but my mom came to school with me and like said hi to like everyone knew her everyone was like hi miss ramsey what's up like she's so cool and my mom sat in the front row and not only did she throw like so much shade at my teacher she like corrected his spelling because he like spelled something wrong in the board and i was literally in the back like oh snap don't screw with my mama it was so awesome it was like the best thing ever it was that moment of being like dude my mom's kind of a badass like Mm -hmm. She's not taking anybody's shit. It was awesome. I don't know why he didn't like me. He just gave me such a hard time about everything. And like I said, I I had always been a really good student in, like, come on, English class. Like, for me, that was always, like, an easy A. So I couldn't believe that he was going to fail me on a paper that he then could not produce. That just made no sense. That's pretty pretty shady. Yeah, it was really shady. He just lost the evidence once once there was some contention over it. Someone on a test, and then you can't, or a, on a paper, and then you can't produce the paper. He said it, it wasn't the right number of pages, or something like something really stupid. Mm-hmm. And my mother was like, "Listen, I saw the paper because she worked on it. She printed it out. And ha- my mother used to be an English teacher. She like proofread it for me, and it was right. And then he tried to fail me on it. It was awesome, and it was the moment I was like, dude, don't ever cross Lord Ramsey. Like she's not the one. <laughs> it was so awesome. She is uh, a great mom." And and my my mother's story was she put me on a leash. Now I feel <laughs> I feel really bad. I am a terrible son. You don't have another story where you're where I don't have something you that's, on a leash. <laughs> in all these stories, just picture something tied to, around my neck, <laughs> a long string or a rope of some sort. Um, no, I not not. A, I mean, I sure I'm sure I have lots of specific stories, but none come to mind right now. But my mom worked her ass off for our wedding. Oh my god! Oh, I mean, I mean, for everything, she's always been there as as a as a rock and a mentor and a role model. I mean, she she worked 
She worked night shifts, 12-hour shifts. She's a nurse. As a nurse in hospice for as long as I can remember. She, she still does. Um, and when she came home, she would catch sleep where she could. I'm talking like three hours a day. Yeah, I don't know how she survives on, on no sleep. I have no does. idea how she's done it. But uh, but then she would take us to all of our games. She would um, she would do all the grocery shopping, frequently the cooking. I mean, she really she really pulled everything together and um, and really made things as good as possible for us. And still found time to give take you on a walk around the block. And still found time <laughs> to walk me and pick up the messes that I left on the sidewalk. <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there that are listening. Hope you had a good Mother's Day. Happy and... Mother's Day, Mom. No, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. I just, you know, sometimes you get confused. Mother's Day, the apostrophe is before the S. So it's not plural. Well, I'm just it's saying. It's not all Mother's Day. Well, it's one Mother's Day, and that's my mother. Okay. Well, I'm saying to all the mothers out there that I hope that they had a good Mother's Day. But I was also going to give a shout out to people who maybe, like, don't have their moms anymore. Like, I always feel like they kind of, like, get forgotten. And that can be, like, a really sad holiday for those people. So shout out to yeah. them, too. You know, like. That can be really rough when everyone's like, my mom's the best. And they're like, Womp, I'm sad. So um, we didn't forget about you. I hope that you took some time for yourself this weekend because that's really important too. Absolutely. What else is on your list? And yet again. What? I'm like, my mom. You're like, wait, I don't want to just include I'm all like, mothers. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say something. I'm going to be like really thoughtful. But other people who have <laughs> lost their mothers. Exactly. I'm just going to take every opportunity throughout this podcast to show you up. You're really, yeah, I don't you're have really that, working on it. I don't have that much on my list. So like, this is how I'm going to make up for it. Is I'm just going to like by shit all over, me. I'm going to shit all over <laughs> your list. <laughs> you know what though? That's a respectable plan. Thank you. I'll give it to you. I will take it. Um, so interestingly, DeRay was followed by Beyonce yesterday. Oh my God, I did see that. Yeah, and I looked because you know I know there's some. <laughs> Wait a second, how do you know about this? Because I follow DeRay. <laughs> you don't give a about Beyonce. Oh, I give I give no about Beyonce. We're gonna bleep all of that. So, <laughs> um, bleep, <laughs> bleep, bleep that and see how that comes across. Okay. Um, so DeRay, excuse me, was was followed by Beyonce. I went over to check out Beyonce's follows. And, you know, because some, some celebrities will follow everyone right. in an effort to get them to follow them back. Beyonce apparently doesn't need to do that, and she's very exclusive. She and, doesn't really even tweet. And that, well, it makes sense, though, because it's kind of her, you know, it, it looks cooler when you everyone's following you and you're not right. following anybody no, back. No, totally. She follows, including DeRay now, nine people. Wow. Nine. Single digits. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to like look up who she's following right now. And I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit who she follows. And it doesn't mean anything to me that she followed DeRay because I've been following him for a while. So <laughs> like, Beyonce, you know, you're a little late to the party. But, but I noticed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cannot get over just like the irony of all this. Please continue. <laughs> but I did notice who she's not following. Who? <gasps> Title. She's also not following Jay-Z. Well, well, I mean, she's she's following him, him in real life, so I okay, guess. You miss... I'm sorry, she's not. I also, I also noticed who she's not following. Who? Title. Oh. You suck! My God, you what? blew that. What was I? How? What was my response supposed to be? Not looking at your phone and being I on our did, podcast. I read. I did it again. <laughs> I I redid it so that I could give you the like. Oh, so you want to do it one more time? No. Well, I knew. The wind out of my sails. I'm really sorry. It's it's. I can't believe she's not following title. That's terrible. 
She's a terrible business person. Not a terrible. It's supposed to be funny. I mean, yes. <laughs> Throw that shade. You are useless. What? I don't. What was you know what? This is what say? you. This is what you get when you don't have a list, Fran. Well, you know what? I saw people. <laughs> people on Tumblr are so <laughs> salty about Beyonce following him on Twitter. They were like, "He didn't even buy a subscription to Title, and I did." <laughs> As if that's a reason to like not follow him. Poor title. That is just crashing and burning. They just decided that they, they were going to release uh, two months for the price of one. Like they are so still more expensive than Spotify. Yeah. They're, but they're, they just Genius. really they really are trying to get people to sign up and it's not working. At one point, Jay-Z and Jack White were actually calling people. I heard. Yeah, to I think you told us about this. Thank them for signing up. They made about five phone calls. <laughs> no one is still signed up. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully title goes the same way as Ja Rule's new credit card. Oh, my God. Magnesis. Why? What is it called? I think it's called Magnesis. Something that, to that effect. That sounds like a like a superhero. It sounds like, like Magneto. A, like a vel- oh, yeah. It sounds like Magneto. Right. Like sounds like a villain in a comic X-Men. book. Maybe can control metal with yeah. his mind or something. I'm just thinking out loud. Why does Ja Rule have a credit card? Because he wants to he wants to join the scam game, which a lot of other celebrities have been a part of. I mean, you remember uh, the rush card. Who was that? That is a uh, Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons, yeah, that's exactly the one I was thinking of. Yeah, where he puts out he put you know he put out some sort of credit card type thing that was basically yeah, it's a like pyramid a de- scheme. It's or like a, a debit card, but but like how but you does preload this work? it and then you pay money. Basically, it's just a way to take a cut of something. Ja Rule's credit card is even worse because Ja Rule's credit card uh, costs two hundred and fifty dollars per year, and you take another credit card and load it into this particular credit card. Wait, 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 wait. You are. Paying for this credit, like yes, you're how- you're paying for the service, but the service isn't actually providing you a line of credit. You have to get the line of credit for somewhere else. So, say you have your city card or whatever it is, uh, you get that, and then you get this service, and you sort of merge the two, and then you pay them two hundred and fifty dollars per year. Beyond that, there was really no, there were no benefits. And here to hear Ja Rule explain it, it was. It was a mess. Does he sound like his records? Is he like, where, where would I be without you? <laughs> where would I be without you? That's the, only, that's, the only, that's the only thing I know. He did like a ton of songs with like uh, Ashanti and, and J-Lo. But what, <laughs> what, what did he say about this stupid credit card? The only thing he could get out was that, that the goal of it was to <clears throat> marry the affluent with the less fortunate. What? And everybody gets something special. What does that mean? It meant nothing. It meant nothing. And and then he went on to say that it brings together communities, that offers networking opportunities, and their goal is to do that so that in the future they can then offer perks that can be used by everyone. That is just like a word salad of nothing. <laughs> it meant it meant nothing. It meant we have nothing in store for you. You give us your two hundred fifty bucks, and then we'll try to think of some way to make that appear worth your investment. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was actually a really, the interview is really sad. It's kind of depressing. Oh yeah. Cause he was on Fox. He right? was on Fox. First and of all, that why was the was worst he on part Fox? because I was, I was, I'm watching this thinking, God, you know, of all the places to do this on Fox is where you're doing this. Yeah, really. But wasn't he on there saying that he would vote for like Jeb Bush or something? Yeah, but it was muddled. I think he was trying to sort of take a middle path. For the sake of the political conversation that ensued after the conversation about his credit card. Okay. Uh, And he was just so inarticulate about it that he he 
he said, oh, you know, I'm into Hillary. I think there's something there. But also, Jeb's got some high points, too. And he didn't even say it that well. No. Which which isn't really saying much. Um, <sighs> and so he, he really sounded like he was just saying, uh, you know, there, there's something good about Jeb Bush. I feel like that's why he he was on Fox. I feel like Fox loves any opportunity to get some inarticulate black people. That's why they have Stacey Dash on there. Well, she never knows it, what she's talking about. How is he possibly going to appear like some sort of valuable... He's like a washed up rapper who now has a credit card. That's it. Like, I mean, they started it with the credit card nonsense. And and I forget who was interviewing him, but uh, whoever it was didn't go easy on him. Actually looked at him with this with this look of just just um, disbelief and says, so you take another credit card and you put it onto this credit card. Oh, my God. Please listen. Ja Rule, we do not want you as a sponsor. We don't want anything to do with your scammy ass credit card. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I just, I it makes me really. Your credit card's sad. a joke, but you can you can sign up for the last name basis credit card <laughs> and calling take, card line that we're releasing we in the only near future. Take, we only take fifty dollars. Yeah, it's fifty dollars <laughs> per year. We won't actually extend you any credit, um, but um, but you you can pay us, and that's a privilege. We will actually hurt your credit score, so um, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, it makes me sad to think that people will actually sign up for that and like screw themselves over and just give their money away to Jaw Rule. Like that just says something about his legitimacy that he now needs to peddle a credit card. Like clearly your career is in like the crap hole. Yeah, but Russell Simmons did it and his career wasn't. It's just opportunistic. It's just a way to feed on people who I mean, because people who are going to sign up for this are not going to be are not likely going to be people who are affluent and have have been managing their money no any any amount of money because they would know that this just doesn't make any sense yeah i i think that at least in this instance it's like more transparent than the rush card because the rush card was kind of like if you don't have a bank account you can use this card like you can deposit it's kind of like a check cashing type place i mm-hmm. think that's how i understood it not to say that that's like less scammy but i think oh, it check made- cashing places are the worst but i'm saying it makes a little bit more sense in the sense that people might think like oh i'll just give them my check and then they'll take a little cut and i'll get it i'll be able to spend the money jaw rules thing is literally you are giving him 250 dollars for nothing so that you can have like I don't even know. Does the card have his face on it? That would be hilarious. It's a, so everybody, everybody looks like Ja Rule. <laughs> He's like, what would I be without you? Like, <laughs> That'd be hilarious. The card out. <laughs> you go to buy something and they're like, that's not you, dude. That's Ja Rule. <laughs> this isn't your card. And then you're like, I'm real. That's like the only other Ja Rule song that I know. I know nothing about him as a person. So um, who knows? Maybe this, maybe, maybe there's some redeeming qualities about him. Oh, I, re- uh, yeah, I highly this doubt it. This isn't one of them. Do you want to do some listener questions? Yeah, yeah. Let's do some listener questions. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. I okay. don't know. We'll cut that out. This We'll uh, bleep that. We're just going to bleep, bleep, bleep. Um, this question comes from Mandy. Her Twitter handle is Oranges and Afros, which I think is really cute. Yeah, that's a good one. God, and, they're such creative Twitter names. I know. I wish that mine was more creative. Um, yours is a, you've got a pretty creative Twitter handle. It's not it's not clever. It's not a play on words. Yeah, it's clever though. Okay. Mandy wants to know, how do you keep your relationship fun and exciting? Uh <laughs> <laughs> We don't. Uh yeah, no, we we um we do all sorts of cool stuff. No, we really don't. Yeah, we yeah, we do. Take it. Like what? Um 
you know, like, like we have a podcast. Yeah, we did this podcast thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it. Um, That's actually really fun and exciting. I it love comes it. and goes. It's ups and yeah, it's ups and downs. I do think you need to find things that you can both be interested in and do them together. And I think that's part of what this podcast is for us. Yeah, totally. And it's one of the things that we do to keep things. Um, it's not really about, it's not necessarily about fun and exciting, but keep us on the same page, you know, bring yeah. us sort of back to a center. I mean, I don't know that I would describe our podcast as exciting, but I would definitely say it's fun. Like throughout the week, we like find topics and like we'll have a conversation and be like, oh, this would be good for the podcast. Like it's something to look forward to and something for us to work on together. Like I definitely think having a project has been really good for us. Mm. Um, in terms of, in terms of exciting, I don't think I'm a very exciting person. You're like, not. I'm kind of a loser. I'm no, a you're loser, not a loser, baby. So why don't you me? I'll bleep out the part because that sounds terrible. It's gonna sound like why don't you me? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, then if I won't. You ble- if you bleep out, just I won't bleep out any part of that song. Um, I don't. Do we do anything that keeps our relationship exciting? I mean, we literally we have dinner, we watch movies, we go out with friends. Yeah, those are, those are normal exciting things. You want to go skydiving? Nope. See, this is why we can't keep things exciting. You want to play Russian roulette? <laughs> with what? <laughs> with a handgun. Is that what you do when you put the gun in there? or you put the? Oh, you're talking there? about actual Russian roulette. Yeah, that's like you're talking about like egg roulette or something. No, that's not exciting. I'm just trying to think like what could we do to like, like oh, that egg thing. Egg roulette. What's that? It's where you take a half dozen eggs and you boil five of them. Oh. And you take turns smashing them on your forehead. And then eventually somebody gets the raw egg, smashes it, and they're covered in egg. See, that's not exciting. That's just, like, messy. I See, I think that's exciting. That yeah. sounds fun to me. So, Mandy, clearly we cannot agree on what's exciting. So we just keep our relationship fun and average. <laughs> we were really hoping you weren't hoping for some advice from this. <laughs> because you're not getting any. Good luck with your partner, Mandy. <laughs> um um, so I, want, I wanted to talk about this because this is kind of hilarious mm-hmm. and kind of sad at the same time and kind of confusing. Hit uh, me. Uh, so there's this barbecue place in Colorado. Oh, my God. And they're alleging they're going to hold a white appreciation day <laughs> during which, and this is going to happen, it's scheduled currently to happen on June 11th. And on June 11th, if you are a Caucasian, <laughs> well, wait, ca- you can go. Oh, keep going. To Rubbin' Butts Barbecue. Rubbing Butts? Rubbin' Butts with a Z. It changes everything. Rubbin' Butts? Yeah, like rubbin', like rubbin' butts, like pork butts with uh, spices. Oh my God, what a, I think what that's a what it terrible is. name for a barbecue. Yes, yes it is a pretty rough name. <laughs> but you can go to Rubbin' Butts Barbecue. Um... If you and are white, if you're if you're white, well, you can go if you're if you're any color. Yeah, but on June 11th specifically, you can get a 10 percent discount on your <laughs> your on your barbecue oh due to the fact that you are light of skin. Oh my God! Well, you know what? You know what I have to say? White people don't get enough stuff for 10 percent off. They really just don't. So um, <laughs> there just aren't there just aren't a lot of 10 percent off sales out yeah, there. Yeah, how often do we appreciate white people around these parts? That's what I want to know. It's pretty rough. Uh you know, and and I think I think the owner recognized that. Exactly. What? Saying saying get your bingo card out. <laughs> saying saying things in interviews like we have a whole month for black history. Oh, okay. We so, have a whole month for Hispanic heritage. Oh my god. So we thought the least we could do was offer <laughs> one day to appreciate white Americans. <laughs> oh my God, this sounds like an Onion article. Yeah, it gets better though. But I mean, like, okay, wait, hold on one second. 
Let's just like analyze what he's saying. Black people get a whole month. Hispanic people get a whole month. So I'm going to give white people one day of 10% off on my barbecue. Mm -hmm. Like he's not actually giving white people anything that they need. He's just saying, (laughs) you can pay me money and I will give you a discount on like your rubbed butts. (laughs) On your rubbed butts. (laughs) Like what? What else did he say? Uh, this one actually is, is somewhat contradictory because it's kind of funny. It, 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 I don't know. He says, we're all American. Whether you came from a different country or you were born here, we're all American. But, but white people will get 10% off on what? June 11th. He didn't say that last part. I what added an that. idiot. You yeah. know what, though? I have to say, <clears throat> this is an interesting marketing strategy because even if he gets a lot of backlash, which I'm sure people are making fun of him. Oh, he's already got it. Yeah. No, he's but, picked up. but I mean, absolutely. He's getting the backlash that he deserves, but his business name is getting up. Someone probably already has GoFundMe for his ass. and this- <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready for when he gets shut down by the public. <laughs> Give that man a million dollars for celebrating white people on June 11th. That's probably his business plan he he probably because they just opened this barbecue or just bought this barbecue so he probably submitted this business plan to investors saying here's what we're gonna do we're gonna buy a barbecue (laughs) joint this is the business plan the goal is to buy a barbecue joint have white appreciation day get shut down get a million dollars from gofundme yeah no i absolutely believe that people people will probably drive across state lines so that they can go enjoy their their white appreciation day yeah and to be fair uh, while this guy is actually intending to do this he's one of two owners but the one that they were interviewing uh in the articles that i saw and the interviews that i saw um while while he's actually intending to do this, it's just some little barbecue place, and the sign on the door was literally a white 8 by 11 piece of paper, <laughs> handwritten magic marker. I mean, this isn't like like advertisements in local papers, even. I bet he sent out like a press release for him, his damn self. No, I think somebody <laughs> saw it. They took a picture of it. Everybody caught on, and, and people, you know, people, and rightfully, they should seek these things out and say, okay, there's something wrong here, and we need to tell you all about it. Ugh, but see, like, I'm so conflicted because, like I said, this is just advertisement for him. On the one hand, I feel like, yeah, we should definitely be like, you're an idiot for wanting to have a white appreciation day as if we don't appreciate white people all freaking year round and give them like perks and discounts on shit all the time just for being white, just for being connected. Um, But now it's like we are basically promoting his business. Like I know the name of his business now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we said it on the podcast, like everyone is talking about it. You Google him and it's going to come up. Like there are definitely people that are going to go to his barbecue just because of white appreciation day. So they could take a picture with the sign and they can, you know, I mean, it's it's not much of a sign. But I'm just saying is that like it's like someone scribbled something on a napkin. It doesn't matter. People will go take a picture with it. They will love that shit. You know what I mean? Like possibly, possibly. <sighs> he also said he also said that he would consider offering a discount to other racial groups, but then added that it's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, at, least, at least he's honest, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I would think about it. I'm not opposed to it. I won't do it. But I thought this was really interesting because uh, one of the people that we that we communicate with on Twitter all the time, I hate calling I hate calling them followers. It just seems so no. Just say like a um, self centered to say one of one of our followers. No, you don't have to say followers. You could just say like say either their Twitter handle or say I have had this conversation on Twitter. Like you don't have to say that the person follows you. 
You know what I mean? Like, you can just say, I had a conversation on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just, it's so strange. Because they're called followers. Like, that's what they call them on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, it's okay. It's totally okay. Beyonce is following DeRay. I'm sure she has no problem saying that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's one thing to say you're following somebody else. It's, it's It just feels very self-centered and egocentric. Oh, I would love to be like, to Beyonce say, is one of my followers. To say somebody, <laughs> say to say, pe- well, yeah, because Beyonce is this big celebrity. <laughs> uh, but but Mal Nielsen is is just a regular guy. Okay, and know? what were you guys talking about? Oh, he, he posed this question a while back. And he said, do you think that the world is losing its compassion and becoming more extreme, and especially in regards to race relations? More extreme meaning, like with all the police brutality and stuff. Is do you think that's what he means? I my my take on it was more polarized. Oh, I don't know that it's more polarized. I just think that it maybe feels that way because more people are talking about it. I think that that's what's making so many people uncomfortable is because race and racism and and it's it's. I always hate when I have to say, like, race is polarizing because, like, race should not be polarizing. Racism is what, you know, people should be upset about. Like, there's really, there's nothing wrong. And I I just have to tell people this all the time when they're like, you know, race is the problem. You need to just forget about it. And it's like, oh, like, categorizing yourself by race is not the problem. Treating people differently because of their race is the problem. But I think that that's one of those things that a lot of people like to pretend isn't an issue, especially if you're, you know, a white person in privilege who who doesn't have to think about their whiteness or mm. think about what it's like for people of color. It's easy to just like go about your business and just never have to worry about it. So it's not that it's necessarily polarizing more so than it's ever been. It's just that we're really talking about these issues in a way, especially because of the internet, that we haven't in a really long time and people are being forced to confront these issues and they, in the past, would just ignore them and not talk about them at all. I completely agree. In fact, I would say, I mean, yes, it seems polarizing when the when people who are, you know, actively and consciously prejudiced come out to speak their minds and speak their, like the protesters protesting the right, protesters right, right. who are shouting things like, you know, black lives don't matter right. in response to black lives matter protesters. Um, that appears very polarizing, but they were there before, like you said. I also think that that what happens is when you have these sorts of conversations and you force a community to confront the disparity in treatment of different groups, you upset the status quo. Like you were saying, forcing people to talk about it forces them to to criticize their own role within the social structure. Right. And I think when you upset the status quo, very naturally, everyone looks to figure out sort of where they fit in to a new or evolving social model. You know what I'm saying? And so I think this results in like a lot of confusion, um, especially because the way people interact, even the language actually changes and it makes for a lot of uncertainty uh, and fear. And of course, people who are afraid start doing strange things like either lashing out or saying weird things like white people saying, oh, if this is a race war, I'm a traitor. It's like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) There's no war. You're going to be white. It doesn't matter where you end up. You'll still be white. (laughs) You've heard people say that? Yeah, I've seen it. And the sentiment's nice, you know, but the the problem is they don't know what, how to express their, uh, their support. Yeah. You know, for people of color, I think is what it is. Yeah. And it's a nice, it's a nice idea. Um. But uh... you know, this kind of reminds me of a conversation I was having with a friend of mine who is telling me that at his daughter's school, they were having, you know, this big, stressful conversation because the school wanted to talk to the kids about race and about racism. And 
about white privilege and like the, you know, just the the social climate that we're living in right now. And a lot of parents were really upset about it and didn't want the school to talk to their kids about these things. Um, And I thought it was really interesting because I think that these conversations now as adults would be so much easier if we talk to kids about this stuff for real. You know what I mean? Like it's so whitewashed when you learn about the civil rights movement. It's very like kumbaya, MLK had a dream. Now we have a black president, the end. <laughs> you know, it's like. It certainly has been in the past. Yeah, we really don't delve into how how the civil rights movement, even though it was, you know, an important part of history, how that wasn't the end of the story and how slavery does still have negative consequences to this day how Mm -hmm. like where people live is influenced by jim crow laws and you know housing discrimination and our education system and the school to prison pipeline we don't talk about any of that stuff until you get to college you know and even then that stuff is is optional you know that's not like a mandatory uh curriculum not just optional but extremely academic and 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 the and it's only black people in those classes. <laughs> and sometimes that's the case. Sometimes that's also true. Uh, you know? So you've, so you've got the choir there ready to be preached to. Well, and not even that, but the people who need to learn. You know what I mean? Who who have never been exposed to this stuff, and the people who are going to get really defensive and get upset when you talk about race and racism are the people who need to hear this stuff. And and I really just think that if we started talking about it at a younger age so people could understand these things and understand that like talking about it is not blaming you it's saying like these are the circumstances of the world that we live in let's make sure you understand it so that we can fix the problem you know what i mean it's just it, it's so frustrating to me when people just want to put their fingers in their ear and be like i'm fine mm-hmm. <laughs> i haven't done anything wrong and then <laughs> and then the next well your friend you were saying had a had sort of a, an awkward time with this or, oh, or yeah. saw the awkwardness that came out of it or yeah, even be, the well, animosity? Well, the thing is, is like he's black and and he was seeing all these emails fl- flying around where parents were saying, you know, I thought it was really interesting. Like there were parents who, for example, had adopted children that mm-hmm. were not white and they were saying, well, we're not ready to talk to our child about race, which to me is kind of like, mm, you got to talk to them at some point. Um, Agreed. And then there were other people who were like, I don't believe white privilege exists. I worked for everything that I had. He goes to, you know, very affluent school, very wealthy school. You know, I've worked for everything I had. We're not talking to our kids about privilege, blah, blah, blah. And he was kind of like feeling awkward because as a black parent, he was like, I don't want to step into this conversation and have people then think like, ugh, well, he's playing the race card. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like he's in this this like weird limbo where he thinks it is important for these kids to talk about this stuff. But he also realizes that, like, his kid still has to go to school with these kids and, like, you know, he has to possibly interact with these parents at parties and whatever. Of course. And it, and, and it's so sad that this subject is so taboo and, and it really shouldn't be. And, and people get so defensive the minute you say, hey, let's talk about the inequalities that are here. And, you know, they just want to, like wash over it and be like we're all the same we're all human i don't see race it's like okay well that doesn't change the world that we live in right any i mean to the extent that people were saying that uh that obviously holds no water Uh, you can look at the numbers it just i mean the statistics show exactly exactly how inequality works that analysis has been so covered 
at this point. Yeah. Uh, that it that it's really it's you can't dispute that. However, in a school at the same time, when for instance, when a parent wants to talk to a child about uh, racial inequality or something to that effect, especially if they have certain circumstances, like they're raising somebody who isn't the same race as them. Of course, my personal belief, and I think we're on the same page here, you know, the, the sooner the better, You as early as possible. You make it part of their lives. Kids, you know? kids realize that race exists pretty early on. They can look at each other and see, like, you are different than I am. You Certainly. know what I mean? Like, they're not stupid. They can see this stuff. And whenever I hear that, I, I saw somebody say one time, you know, um, well, I'm not ready to talk to my kids about something that, that that's that serious. And you think, well, you talk to your kids about fire safety. You talk to your kids about, like, not talking to strangers. Like, you talk to your kids about serious things all the time. Mm-hmm. And a conversation about race doesn't have to be serious. It can be as simple as you are different than mommy is or you are different from your friend Sarah at school or whatever. Right. And you I mean, you don't that doesn't mean you show you show a four year old pictures of of people being hanged. No. You know, in the 1800s. It's not it's not obviously you don't do that. You, no. you, you give it to them as they should as they need to perceive it at that point. Yeah. The same way when you say, well, when mommy and daddy love each other, then the babies happen. Yeah, exactly. You give them like the glossed over version. And I think the the goal here is, and at least at my friend's school, which I think is really admirable, is that they're trying to teach empathy. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. fact that, and, and studies show that when kids are exposed to different types of people, um, whether it's in media or in real life, um, it, creates empathy and and that's what we are lacking right now in the world today we have people that have never been exposed to black people or people of color or gay people or trans people and they see anyone that's other as bad and different and it's like if we can expose you at a young age so that you can see yes we are different but we all deserve to be treated the same and you know the same way that you want people to be nice to you you should be nice to other people even if they're different like I don't see the problem there and it kind of like hurts my heart that a parent would be upset about that that's well it's one thing to it's one thing to have a class and say and say, okay, we're gonna tell these children, we're gonna talk about empathy, we're gonna talk about treating everyone with respect, uh, and the same sort of do you know, sort of golden rule principles mm-hmm. do unto others, sorts of that sort of thing in the in broad strokes. I don't think anyone would probably be complaining if that was the case. I don't think it would even come up that it was about race. Because you could I, have that conversation. Yeah, but I think as soon as you say race, they think it's something different. Well, that's it. So when so when you have a class and you're actually talking about race, not just generally speaking, we should all treat everyone with respect. It doesn't matter that they appear different mm-hmm. or have different, you know, a different accent or different religion. Right, exactly. They deserve the same respect. That's one way to say it. But kids get that to a certain degree, I think, in their schools and in the children's books and things like that. That's there. Yeah. But, but that th- doesn't necessarily address the issue that happens and in, in the very specific, really carefully defined problem of race relations right. in the United States. So when you start talking to kids specifically about that and then you do it in the school outside of the parents' control, I could see that some of them would have some concerns as to how that's being accomplished. I mean, and it, and not just not just white parents who say, I don't want you talking to my I want to tell them this right. or I don't want you saying something that I don't want them to hear suggesting prejudice or right. something. I mean, even even black parents or parents of color who are saying, you know, well, I, I 
you know, I, I want to know how you're going to go about this. No, that's because true. Because this is probably a white-run school because it's a private school. Right. You know what I'm saying? You want no, to know that true. they do it the right way. Yeah, and I've heard about some, like, completely terrible instances. I read about a school where they were learning about slavery and they made the black kids in the class pretend to be slaves, which I absolutely would have flipped my shit if someone had made my kid do that. Exactly. You know, like that's definitely terrifying. Exactly. But I think that this, you know, again, I I wasn't in the school. My friend was telling me the second hand. It was my understanding that the school notified the parents and told them that this is something that we are going to start talking about. We think that this is really important and we want to develop curriculum around this. Um, And for me, like, that's like my dream. Like, you know, I hear something like that and I think, wow, that's awesome. Provided they do it the right way. Of course. Um, And that's a touchy subject because you're not going to, uh, parents have a right to raise their children the way they want to raise them. This is true. And even if you disagree with how they're doing that, you still have to respect the right that they that it's their business to do that. Now, you should definitely try to influence them with any sort of social, you know, social capital that you have, any social pull, of course. And I think that's what what, you know, for instance, we're doing by right. expressing this in a podcast. Right. Um, and that that's fair. But at the end of the day, if they want to ignore you and say, no, I don't want that being taught to my my children. By but um, by other people, I want control over that because I because that's how I want to raise my children. Right. That's really up to them. Also interesting though is that this is a private school, not a public school. Right. So you're there by option. Yeah, you can you can take your kids out if you want. This isn't your assigned school, and you pay to be there. So that adds a different element too, where um, a better one actually, more more leeway on their part because mm-hmm. they can be a school that has a certain agenda in terms of any given issue. Right. Unlike public schools that really have to be careful not to step on any toes because. The parents of those children and those children have no other options. Yeah, no, that's totally true. To go back to the question that we got in terms of does this mean that we are more empathetic or it's more polarized? Like, have we progressed? I think that even though it's really hard to talk about, it seems like really stressful and and like just every day we hear about these terrible stories as bad as it is, I think that the positive side is that we are talking about it and we're exposing lots of people who've never heard about this stuff, who it's completely new to them. Um, and we are hopefully getting them to, you know, be on the right side of history and really push for these things to change and push for a better world. So, you know, I think that it feels really bad, but I feel like some good can come out of it. Oh, I, I agree, especially if it gets to the point where we're at least approaching how to institute these sort of lessons Mm -hmm. into our schools and especially the the youngest uh, students that we have, the youngest members of our population, I think that shows a huge amount of progress because those are the people that you're going to put that, you're going to teach them that and that's going to be their status quo. Yes. Hopefully, as they move forward, they'll maintain that status quo. But to answer uh, Mal Nielsen's uh, question, um, I think, I think that when you upset that status quo for the rest of everyone, I think it feels more polarized because everyone is is waiting to see how they should act mm-hmm. within an, within a changing model. Basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that was a really good question and a and a tough one. We we got down on that question. We did. Thank you, Mal, for asking that. That yeah, was great. It was so, a really good one. Um, so we can we lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. We're almost out of time. Do you want to um finish up with this language B because we didn't do one last week? Yeah, I've got one. You, but- for you. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Get your buzzer ready. <laughs> oh, my God.
God. Okay. All right. Fine. Go ahead. Cue, cue the crickets. Oh my God. Okay. Go ahead. We All are right. the tables have turned here. Yes. Your word is deduce bag. Deduce bag? Correct. Deduce bag. Oh my God. I'm like sweating. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, I think I have a I think I have a good guess. Uh do I've used it as I've used it in a sentence first, right? This is your game. <laughs> I can't remember. It's so different over here. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the hot seat. That's why you're sweating. Okay, all right, all right. Um I I asked my friend to help me with my taxes and he was a total deduce bag. Oh god. You need a little more context. I'll give you about a quarter of a point. Okay. And then I'll take it away. Okay. Um, and dock you for the the confused look you had when you said it. Okay. So uh, what is it? Was I? Oh, a deduce bag is a word I just made up. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't think I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Remember the whole, the whole premise of this language. You are theme. a deduce bag. <laughs> <laughs> well. A deduce bag is actually not a word I made. A friend of mine called me a deduce bag recently because I was being I was being too reasonable about something. Yes, exactly. That's what I was. That's why I was. That's the context I was using yeah. it in. And so he was combining douchebag and, and sort deduce. of deductive. Reasoning. Yes, that's sure. that's how I used it. Close. Are you kidding me? That's how I used it. And now you just. <laughs> Thank you. Sound effects. Okay, wait. I have one. Okay. And it actually, it actually really fits in here. This one comes from one of our listeners, uh, Justin Hall on Twitter, said that we should use this for this language B. And the the phrase is tried it. Um, tried it. That's when that's when somebody that's when somebody says something like, you know, somebody. Somebody says that you should do something, mm-hmm. you know, gives you, offers you some advice, mm-hmm. and you just say, tried it. As in, like, I already did that, and it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, okay, I knew that Nope, was okay. <laughs> now, wait, I have to read Justin's tweet because it's really funny. He says, for this language B, you should do tried it because Patrick does that every episode when you two disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, tried it. A person who has made an attempt at doing something amazing, cool, awesome, or even witty and fails miserably, the person has tried it. <laughs> Wait, so I'm usually trying it and failing? <laughs> well, this is why I said it was perfect timing, because you showed up and you were like, I have a language B for you. And now I'm going to say, you tried it, because your language B sucked. <laughs> who is who is this person? So I know I I'm, I need to see a picture so I can I can recognize them. His name them. is Justin Hall. I'm he coming. had no idea how perfect his language be suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. I needed that. Oh my god, that was so funny. Um, well, this was a great show. I, you know what? I kind of like this trend of us like digging deep and doing like serious stuff. It's good, but maybe next week we'll pull it back with more jokes and fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. We will really try. Definitely tweet us if you have some funny stories or great questions for us. Our Twitter is last name underscore basis, or you can use the hashtag last name basis, or tweet us individually. Tie optional. That's tie as in necktie, optional as in you don't need it. <laughs>
And at Cheskali, C-H-E-S-C-A-L-E-I-G-H. It's kind of a weird one, so we definitely want to spell it out and help you out this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Francesca. I'm Patrick. And this was Last Name Basis.